So, welcome to the Butterfly Effect Studio. I'm your host, Christian Rebelli. As we know, based on the chaos theory, small little changes can have actually a huge impact. And the goal of this session is to uncover how leaders and change makers develop their purpose, their competence, and their community to achieve a great positive impact. Every of the episodes is fully, fully packed of ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation, I'm speaking to Lubomila Yolanova, co-founder and CEO of Plan A, a software provider offering an end-to-end -end, um, platform that uses machine learning and science to enable businesses to reduce their emissions and improve and report on their ESG performance. The company was recently also named as uh, named from the World Economic Forum Technology Pioneer 2022. And Miller is also the co-founder of the Green Tech Alliance, a community of more than 2,000 green tech startups connected to more than 500 advisors from VCs, media, and businesses. Lou Miller has been recognized as an Obama Europe Leader 2022, MIT Innovator Under 35, Marshall Fund Fellow 2022, Top 15 Women Entrepreneurs in Germany 2022, and 30 Under 30 from Forbes, among others. Wow. <laughs> so great to have you actually in the studio, Lou Miller. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to be able to chat to you. So, um, Lou Miller, um, your track record really is so impressive, and I believe um, you're really a, a role model for many of our listeners. Looking back at your achievements, um, what are you actually most proud of? Today, I always have been thinking about, the, uh, can I say this again? Sorry, I was just like in my mind. Was, uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, Lumila, your track record is so impressive and I believe you're really a role model for many of our listeners. Um, looking back at your achievements, what are you most proud of? Fighting climate change is actually uh, quite of a team effort and mm -hmm. I've been incredibly lucky to be surrounded today by 120 people, but since the beginning of the company, there was always a lot of people that worked with me, that worked alongside uh, the Plan A activities, but also the communities that we were supporting. That is what I'm most proud of because you learn down the line, and I think this is applicable to any industry, any impact job you decide to take for yourself. It's always the people's business. It's always mm -hmm. the work of many that you achieve success. Nothing from the list that you named is purely the basis of me, or it's always been someone else behind or together with me. Um, and that's what I'm most proud of because it gives me the hope and the confidence that we have a way out of this big mess <laughs> we are in at the moment. So, um, that, that I can totally relate to that, but what's your purpose? What's your, what motivates you every day? One of the biggest challenges that I faced in 2016 was feeling incredibly confused about the amount of data that was out there and evidence that climate change existed and the little action that was being taken in any of the realms of the economy, mm -hmm. business, and also even on a consumer level. Um, what has been a clear motivator for me in the beginning was really uh, the true conviction that if no one is doing it, then someone needs to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I felt mm -hmm. the responsibility of having this knowledge makes me also responsible to take action. 
Today, this motivation comes from a different place, and that's because I have seen now numerous examples that uh, show that we can make progress on addressing climate change. And these examples are of green tech innovators. These are people like you, which are dedicating their lives after uh, many years of comfort and kind of huge career to go into a field that maybe is a bit new uh, and build something that really matters. It, it has been actually quite difficult to go to bed in the first two years of planning because it mm -hmm. felt like um, I had to be awake to do something. Uh, today I can go to bed and I know that someone else on the other side of the world is doing something for fighting climate change in the meantime. Amazing. Rumila, if I imagine um, what happened that you created this kind of necessity in your brain, so how did you, because it's such an important mission and I, I I, I also think it's such an important also, yeah, to for you as a person to actually come to action. It's not just this awareness, okay, I know things are not going right, um, but actually I need to do something about it. How do you come, how, how do you create that create that process or how did it, that you arrive there that you say, hey, now I, re I really need to do something. How did you create that sense of urgency in yourself actually? One of the biggest addictions that I've developed in my life is uh, having purpose. It is so impactful when you see mm -hmm. your work changing the lives of many, changing companies, uh, changing the path of people that have mm -hmm. been on the traditional journey. And for me, this really has been the driving factor uh, to continue to be as excited, to be continuing with this energy level, with this enthusiasm, with this positivity. Um, We all have been at some parts of our life working on a topic that was not particularly exciting. And I feel like if I look back into my career, there's many moments when I felt low and I was disconnected from the job that I was doing. What became really evident the moment when I found the topic of climate was that all of a sudden my life and my knowledge and my skills and my energy could be applied to something that is bigger than me. Yeah. What more to do with your life? I think it's the best the best way you can apply your time uh, to your existence. Wow! Yeah. Um, so, um, looking back now, since you realized, what are the competences um, which helped you actually the most? Um, how did you build them? Coming from business, it has been incredibly helpful to have uh, beyond the basics of knowledge on finance, economics, uh, management. Uh, cross-cultural um, relationship building. All these things really helped me to understand that, A, there was a business sphere that was totally disconnected from the topic of climate change because none of the lingo that we were even using was applicable to uh, the topic of climate sustainability. And B, it allowed me to know the way to approach the topic so that these key performance indicators that we would always look at, the typical metrics that define success, would also be the touch points where I could somehow link climate change within that. Another really big skill is that uh, I've always been really extroverted and open to communicate. I think this has really helped me to connect people to the cause before they really were converted to the idea mm -hmm. that they wanted to work on the topic. And finally, network. Um, I have studied and lived in many different places. I've worked in many different industries, always with a finance ang angle, but always in many different cities. And that has allowed me to build a huge uh, network. 
today I, I continue to use this network and I also benefit from being able to tap into the knowledge uh, and sustainability concerns of these people. Um, if you're working, to, so about your, the competence you mentioned, um, if you're working together with other people, what are the competences you're looking in them? What are the most important uh, ones actually for you in collaborating, but eventually also in recruiting if you hire people? I would divide the answer of this uh, in two parts. On the first part is really what is uh, unique about every single person. For mm -hmm. every single job, you need different types of people. And I don't think it's fair to single out the introverts versus the extroverts, to single out the more analytical people versus maybe those that are a bit more focused on other types of activities. Um, yeah. This uniqueness is something that we always look for when we hire people, when we collaborate with people, because we want to find a way to pull this out and to highlight it in the work that they do. On the other hand, though, there's a few unifying elements that we always try to uh, confirm before we invite someone to join the company. Uh, first of all, it's uh, their commitment to their values. I think it's really important to have your head and heart in the right place. Um, we have certain rules, like we don't work with the oil and gas industry in Plan A. We also have certain limits on um, working with uh, companies that only want to do uh, just compensation and are seeking some sort of a label uh, rather than taking actual action. These things really matter and the value element helps there. Another key important characteristic of a person that would be joining Plan A is uh, really the sense of positivity. Uh, I cannot underscore enough how important this is because people need to have this mindset to be dealing with the climate change topic on a daily basis. If you really have your heart in this topic, you understand quite quickly that there's also negative scenarios of where we're headed. And that can actually demotivate you to work on that. So being extra positive really helps. Very interesting. I love that. Um, so if you're looking back, um, eventually, I don't know, let's say 10 years, something like that, what would have you have wished to know earlier or learned earlier? So is there something we say, hey, I would have wished I have learned that earlier? I had a big concern in the beginning of Plan A that things were not going to work out because mm -hmm. there were just so many unknowns. I had to find a way to set up a company. I had to find a way to find resources at a time when there was no funding for climate change. I had to also look for people to work on the topic. And at that time, again, there was thinking that only NGOs, but not for profits like my company is, would be working on this topic. So. There was constantly reasons why the society, communities, and the places where I was at were confirming to me that there's a likelihood of not succeeding. I feel like that's one of the things that I should have stopped doubting from the get-go. Um, there's no case in not a single person's life why something does not happen for a reason. And also, there's also a lot of opportunities that come your way that maybe are disguised as a challenge or uh, a lot of kind of obstacles. The truth is that all of these situations are there to set you up on your journey for growth, for development, um, to allow you to meet people that maybe later on will be helpful and also to give you 
the skill set that you need to have down the line that maybe not immediately will be used, but then will be helpful a bit later on. So that really has been something I've been reflecting on for a while. And I continue to confirm myself and to others that I mentor um, that there's no space for doubt. Uh, when you work on this kind of a cause or on any kind of cause, you need to be 100% sure that you will be supported and your journey will confirm that. But how do you develop that kind of great or that kind of um, dealing with fear in a, that you just put it aside? How do you, how do you learn that um, for yourself? So the first very practical and maybe unconventional thing that I've started doing was eliminate from my language words like challenge, obstacle, and negative confirmations that would make my mind, even in the subconscious, think in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. The second has been to uh, really focus on trying to assess any situation that has been feeling uncomfortable or inappropriate as um, what could this be if I allow to consider it and to analyze it from a positive perspective? So like building a mental frame where you take this negative answer that you got from a client um, as something that uh, could have been a learning or could have been um, a way for you to kind of go forward in the path. And then the final thing that has been really helpful is... Um, to meditate, uh, I, I really must say that um, when you're constantly overwhelmed by hearing no's and not seeing things work out, one of the best ways in which you can detach yourself from the situation is really to also create space between you and the situation. Because when you're in the emotion, in the moment, you have the clear need to uh, become a victim or start being sad or start shouting at people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how people respond in different ways. Yeah. You remove yourself from the situation, all of a sudden these emotions kind of calm down or disappear even, and you have a lot more rational perspective on analyzing them. After that, maybe one question on meditation, but um, so what does meditation for you mean? How long would you meditate? Is it like one minute after the meeting or is it like uh, taking every day a ritual and then saying, hey, that's, that, that's your practice where you do a meditation for a longer period of time? I meditate on average three times a day and it's once in the morning, once in the evening, but then in the middle, I have the allowance to take after a big event or a break or after I've been on stage or just before I've been on stage, depending on how I feel, the five minutes that give me the space to clear my mind and not have any mistakes in the way I speak and also have the uh, really possibility to concentrate on this particular moment. Um, I've been in situations where I was overwhelmed by emotion and I needed to do it more often mm -hmm. or to actually not do it at all. Um, but I just listened to my mind and also observe myself because quite often you can see that today is not the day or today does not feel like you're at your full capacity. Meditation really is the allowance for you to restart the day and to not have any more uh, the same vibe that you had maybe just at the last meeting or just in the last two hours. Ah, thank you. That's so beautiful. Makes me want to meditate just. <laughs> 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 I'm also doing it like every day. I think it's such an important part of my life, actually. Um, 
So what are the, are there any other practices or habits or rituals which you have established, which help you actually, um, yeah, to manage complexity, uh, to actually build all the things you have achieved? There's been a few things that really have defined the way I am. One has been to be really clear with my time. Um, I think one of the biggest issues that one can have to create uh, even more confusion in the day-to-day -day is when you don't have really clear wish and vision for the outcome of the day. Um, I have a meticulous approach to managing my um, agenda. I have a notebook, so I write all the stuff that I need to do. Uh, and it might seem like a repetition because I also have it in uh, JIRA where we manage all the tasks for the team. But for me, this is essentially my commitment to myself that today I'm going to deliver this to myself. Um, the second thing that I have been doing and it has been really helpful um, is really to take charge of the beginning of the day. Uh, one way is doing sports. Um, I must say I've only become particularly committed to this in the last few months. I was really careless for my body for two years or so, um, two, three years. And I just became obsessed over the last few months with doing a lot of sports. And it's been just so incredibly empowering because you kick off the day and you have decided to kick it off in a way that you're energizing yourself, you're setting your mind to be positive, to have this like burst of excitement. Um, and in other cases, when I wouldn't have done that, what has happened is that the first meeting that I have defined my day, Uh, and then I need to meditate myself out of it. And if the meeting is not good, then things just don't work out in the way that I want them to. And finally, what has been really helpful is uh, to set some rules for boundaries between me and work. I am an obsessive kind of person. So like I, when I work, I, I do a lot. And I also have a lot of energy, which kind of has pushed me into being... Uh, 14 hours at work, 16 hours at work without feeling even tired. Uh, but there's a few reasons why this should not continue or this has been stopped a few years ago now. One is that A, in the longer term, your productivity levels go down. So you really need to focus on having rituals, but also having respect to your body, having respect to your mind. Uh, so I listen to myself and when I see that I'm getting tired, I get out. The second thing is that I don't work one day of the week. That's, uh, has been the case for the last, uh, few years. Uh, I do work one day of this weekend most often, but just for a few hours because uh, it allows me to set the week and so on. Um, and uh, this really has been kind of a little trick that has helped me feel um, like really comfortable, confident that I can deliver. I know the structure, I know the time, um, but I also have uh, the space to recover after a lot of, I would say, intellectual intensity. Such an important part is self-leadership. Yeah, you're doing here. May I ask how did you, how did you came up to define all this for you? So how did you learn about that? That this is important. Actually, is this something like reflection process for yourself, or is it something where you had somebody else to help you setting this up? It's been a mix of actions that I've taken, and also I would say circumstances that I've ended up being in. On the actions that I've taken is I've read a lot of books about. Um, mm -hmm activity, um, communication, uh, also how to 
think in a way that leads to achieving what you seek to achieve. Um, I've also made sure that I surround myself with people that are really aligned with my values and make me feel comfortable and confident. Uh, I don't think it's always the case for everyone that you assess your surroundings because maybe someone has been in your life for the last decade and uh, you feel obliged to be uh, their friend or so. I've been really radical of making sure that I'm only surrounded by people that uh, empower me, that I can empower, that give me energy, that I can give energy to, uh, but really not making excuses with that because this is incredibly draining. And in terms of circumstances, I think I've gone through a lot of challenges in my life. I've been in uh, situations which have taught me uh, to be tough, but also to show vulnerability. Um, I've been in situations that have uh, put me into context so that I understand that life is not uh, only work, but if you find the purpose, it's totally fine to give extra. Um, and when you combine all of this, you kind of get to the point of feeling... Uh, wise and excited for life and uh, incredibly grateful. Um, so, yeah, I guess life uh, plus some uh, practical choices that I've been making down the line. Amazing. Um, but talking about, you mentioned also at the beginning, you're most proud of that you actually built this kind of people which are working together on this mission. Um, who has helped you the most? Who was the most important person in your life? Who has helped you the most actually um, to become who you are eventually and to be successful? Um, and how did you yeah, work together with those people? I would immediately say my mom. My mom is a businesswoman. She has uh, been a role model for a successful business person. Mm -hmm. A lot of tricks of how you deal with big deals and how you uh, get the clients uh, to say yes and so on. Uh, but she's also been a friend. She's also been a, um, a girlfriend. Like uh, 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 We've been doing a lot of girly things together. And uh, <laughs> I feel like the combination of this has really allowed me to grow as a woman, as a leader, and also as someone that holds their values. Uh, I think there's been so many people down the line um, that have been there to help. And I think it's really important for anyone also listening to constantly spend time on recognizing all these people that are there to support. They're the cushion, they're also the, the rocket launch, they're all these things simultaneously for you or maybe individually uh, for you. And they deserve gratitude, they deserve time, they deserve mm -hmm. um, um, your um, willingness to, to be there to say thank you and to be... Uh, continuously showing this gratitude because uh, that's not a given. With the Green Tech Alliance, you have also built a massive community um, in sustainability, which is super exciting. Um, what's your approach to community? Because this is like also surrounding yourself with, I don't know, an amazing network of people who can accelerate any initiative. Yeah? So um, why did you maybe set this up or found this and what is, why is it important uh, and why is it important eventually to you and yeah, what's your, what's your idea about this? So the Green Tech Alliance is now um, a community of 2000 Green Tech startups. We have 500 advisors among which we also have you, which is a great honor. And the point of the community really was uh, to allow for these Green Tech companies to really be able to grow and get access to a lot of resources without having to pay for them. The idea came out of my own um, experience. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it was something that I really wanted to make sure that no one has to go through themselves. When I was building Plan A in the beginning, there was not only a lot of no's, but there was also a lot of obstacles down the line. There was no funding for climate tech because investors were not getting it. Um, there was no visibility for these companies because media was not familiar with how to speak the language of sustainability mm -hmm. and business. Um, and there was very little uh, engagement between anyone that was building something on the topic. And um, down the line, I learned how valuable it is really to have a an overview of all these resources so that you can tap into them whenever you want to, um, but also to have the helping hand of getting the door being open for you. Um, there's so many startups out there building incredible products, but they just have no capacity to get funding because they're in the middle of nowhere in the Netherlands and have um, no VC in 50 kilometer proximity. And yeah. there's, no, uh, there's no history, there's no context about this. So building this community really was something that uh, was aiming and is still aiming to support these startups on their journey. And going to your question of the value of community, I think it's the most important thing that we have when it comes to addressing big challenges, but also being happy and being uh, really fulfilled, uh, building good companies, anything. Because you can learn faster when you're with others, you can yeah. build faster, you can be a lot more fulfilled. Um, and also you can eliminate loneliness. Uh, I think there's a lot of loneliness on the entrepreneurship path and that hopefully uh, for our members has been uh, a helping hand. Amazing. Uh, amazing. So we're talking about the purpose which drives you. We talked about the competence which help you. We talked about not the community to have all these a positive impact. But um, now we talked about your role model, which may be your mother, but do you have any other role models which really inspire you and um, and why? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people. And uh, I, I can definitely highlight a few Uh, one is Gonzalo Munoz. He is the um, high-level champion of COP26, and now he's the chair of the board of COP27. He's also on the scientific board of Plan A, which is an incredibly big honor because we can tap into his knowledge, experience, and humility. Um, I met him last year at the uh, European Outback Forum. Uh, this is a forum similar to Davos, where a lot of politicians and uh, entrepreneurs, uh, business people meet and discuss uh, the future, in particular, of Europe rather than the world. And there I uh, met him uh, at the Climate Opportunity uh, Leaders Summit, uh, which was part of the, the event. And the first situation that we got into was um, that I spilled the whole coffee on him. <laughs> and the way he the way he responded was essentially to start laughing and uh to uh, tell me that um he now knows that whenever we meet he should not sit that close to me because then I'm going to be really copy on him again uh he's been a role model because a he has a lot of respect to uh women and I why I say this is because He started in uh, Latin America, where he comes from actually a movement where he would not participate at any event if a woman was not a speaker, not even a moderator, but like a speaker. And a lot of C-levels followed him because obviously he's a very prominent figure and uh, people respect his opinion. I think this is really something that is a big issue that we have in our society, that we just don't cherish enough the value of women. We don't give enough visibility to women enough leadership positions. And I think this knowing 
about him has really given me confidence that there is a lot, a lot of opportunity out there uh, for these kinds of movements to, to live. The second reason is because he has been uh, with his positivity going out there and really converting so many companies uh, to the sustainability idea uh, at a scale that is absolutely unbelievable. When they started being uh, on the board of the high-level champions, which is an honorary position that connects uh, dots between businesses and uh, the other stakeholders that participate in the COP meetings, um, there was barely any companies that had net zero targets. By the time when they finished with the COP, there was thousands and thousands, and they had a finger in the, the whole story for many of them with uh, Neil. Um, um, this is one person that really has shaped me and has been a mentor, has been a friend, and he has impressed me with his positivity, humility, respect, um, and also uh, constant capability to connect the dots between people. Amazing, amazing. Um, thank you very much. So um, is there anything else you would share with our learners? Is there something which comes to your mind which you would love eventually to have known earlier? Um, what advice would you give them? Treat humans like humans. Uh, I think there's often the case where people down the line start developing some sort of a starstruck approach to anyone that they are inspired by. If we go back to the discussion about community that we just had, the truth is, is that we're all this massive village and we need to help each other to be able to build our companies, to be able to unfold the ideas that we have and approaching people in a humanly way, not treating them like they're famous or not treating them like they're untouchable can really help you down the line. Um, maybe someone is building a company on AI and they have this absolutely uh, AI rock star in their minds that they've been following and they want to get in touch with, but they don't feel comfortable. They should not stop themselves because A, we have all the tools and B, there's a lot of willingness from these kinds of people to support others on their journey because they know about all the challenges that you can face when you're in the beginning of yours. So true, so true. So um, any call to action you would say? Um, what, what, every, what is there something every learner should do as a next thing after listening to this talk eventually? I always say you cannot unknow what you know and mm -hmm. knowing about the climate crisis is something that is... Uh, enough of a responsibility to pay it forward with your actions, but also with your words, with your voice, with your community uh, activities. Um, any business that is being built based on the learnings that they, they've gathered in your university uh, has a sustainability angle, has an angle that can allow for positive impact on the planet, on our economy, which is actually incredibly unstable because it has not been calculating climate risk within its own models. For this reason, whenever you're building your company, as you're building your project, your domain, your department, whatever you're going to apply this knowledge to, um, make sure you find this sustainability angle uh, if you don't fully dedicate yourself to this because we need it at any possible domain. So thank you so much. That's a great call to action and um, ending of this as well. I think every 
venture new or existing needs to build in sustainability um, and help this helps us to accelerate to become a sustainable society um, which is not just about climate but also about diversity you mentioned it i think which is very important actually um yeah for our future for all our futures so, thank you very much uh, for coming in and uh, sharing more insights into your own life and um yeah thank you very much for being with us thank you so much for having me